0: G'day, everyone, and for those who have come in late, you're listening to Expand the Phantom Podcast.
1: He washed ashore the sole survivor of a shipwreck, and upon the skull of the man who killed his dad, he said, I'm mad, I must eradicate piracy, injustice, and cruelty, and all my sons will follow me, so evildoers will believe that this man cannot die. The, the ghost who walks, the the enemies. He where
0: the phantom's always there but you won't find the phantom hello we are the chronicle chamber team and this is X Band the phantom podcast our website is chroniclechamber.com and you can contact us via our email which is chroniclechamber at gmail.com you can subscribe to us via youtube itunes and the various android apps now this is episode 195 which is our july 2021 Comics and News Podcasts. G'day Dan, how are you mate?
2: Yeah, very good Jermaine. Um, It's crazy that we're getting so close to episode 200, Uh, it just keeps creeping through. We're not not having the nervous 190s at all, we're just charging straight through aren't we? (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, not like the 90s uh, in yeah. cricket fashion. Once you get, you know, 190, you're just that tired. you just, oh, let's just swing away <laughs> and let's not just get in
3: there.
0: <laughs> um, but we are planning on doing something for uh, episode uh, 200. We've got an idea. We've pretty much 90% agreed on an idea. Uh, now we're just going to plan it,
2: which uh, will probably be this week's uh, job I fancy it, it is getting closer. We do need to actually put some thought there you know, and work behind it rather than just the rhetoric. So which which does, uh, spoilers, there won't be a radio play for this one because that would take far too long. Um, and that's probably the reason why there's not a radio play for this one. But uh, you can go back and listen to episode 100 if you like and uh, and hear a Chronicle Chamber production of A Phantom Story. Um, but you won't hear one for episode 200. No. <laughs> Something else
0: maybe, good though. Maybe 250 or 300 if uh, Dan get started on it again uh, <laughs> to <start me> <laughs> um so but we are thinking of uh having the patreons join us for episode 200 but they will learn more about that so mm-hmm. if you want to if you um it's a good time to plug our patreon well. uh, so make <laughs> sure you go onto our website uh on youtube you'll see the little like the little circle and stuff, where to go. Um, but uh, if you're a Patreon, you will learn what we're going to do for uh, episode 200, and we hope it will be special. Uh, we just want to thank every Patreon, uh, for, for what you've done. Uh, Dan's due for another update soon that's not on our run sheet, so he's probably going to give me the stink eye for um putting him under the oh, bus for that true. one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're um, right. That is- yeah, there will be an update of that soon as well, and we've got one more month of this season, and before we have another um uh, draw as well. So, mm. um, so looking forward to that. What was the last prize draw again? Uh the last draw was a signed comic and card by Anthony Spay, which was right. by,
2: uh, which was won by Callum.
0: And any thoughts so far about what we are
2: going to do for spring? We're going <laughs> to leave some surprises. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Which which is probably a clue for a no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we we'll, between us will dig something up. You've done most of the digging so far. I'll have to have a look myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: but no, there will be another uh, another prize. So uh, looking forward to that. Uh, again, thank you to our patrons. Uh, you guys are our life source, our lifeblood, uh, or I guess the blood of this 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 or whatever we are, uh, because, you know, you help us pay the bills and, um, and stuff like that. So we thank you guys for all of that, but we're going to get into it. Now we said at the start, this might be a short podcast, but let's actually, let's actually see if we can actually make that a reality. So we're going to get straight into it and we're going to talk about our first story, which is through 1896, which is rotten apples. Uh, which is part three of the saga by Duncan Munro and uh, Jeff Weigel. Now, if you are listening to, uh, if you are listening to us on the audio, we're going to be talking about panels. If you are watching with us on YouTube, I am going to uh, transfer to a scan. So then that way, as we're talking about stuff, we'll be able to bring that up, and it means you don't have to watch our ugly heads for the whole hour and a half, two hours. You can actually see some nice, beautiful phantom art instead. So, Dan, you lead us off with uh, your initial thoughts or maybe uh, start us off with uh, Stephen's thoughts. Yeah, good
2: call. Cool. So, Stephen, we haven't mentioned you yet, mate. Sorry, uh, you. you hey? Hey? <laughs> he's, he's had most of them lately. Um, so, Stephen, unfortunately, can't join us today. Um, technical issues, uh, technical problems with his technology, as in, both of his charger cords have gone missing uh, from his laptop and his phone, so he can't can't join the Zoom meeting tonight. But um, anyway, so uh, what uh, what Stephen has sent in about uh, Rotten Apples, the Jeff Weigel uh, Duncan Monroe collaboration, he has said he went back and read all three parts in one go because, of course, Rotten Apple concludes. A three-part uh, three-part stories that have been put together by that creative team. Um, he says that the story flowed well. It was great humor throughout. Nice to have Rex and Baron Khan back in the spotlight. And there was a couple of good red, red herrings thrown in to keep the reader off the flame. Through the, he thought that the ping on the boat was the final giveaway for me. So uh, we'll come back to that when we talk about. Um, I guess the plot but if uh well we'll we'll come back to the cover then perhaps after we've talked about the story as as Jim scrolls through it there um i really enjoyed it um i really enjoyed i didn't go back and read the the other two parts um because it's been a pretty busy week but um the story is written well enough as a trilogy that uh within the the first page doesn't go into very much if any real plot detail about parts one and two but um he um he picks up the Duncan Monroe I guess as the author picks up the story in such a way as you, you, you know the context of where we are with this one if you've yeah. read the other two recently I'm sure that would help but I certainly found that I could go through and read it um, without needing to know what had happened in the previous two stories which I thought was good so I guess one of the first things to talk about is when did you figure out who the flame was um I had my suspicions, and, that, and that's exactly what Stephen said about the, the ping on the boat giving it away, um, which yeah. is quite late in the story. I had my suspicions when the three, um, so Miss Lund as the, um, the politician, she was under under suspicion for a long time, and I think Duncan did a really good job of yeah. um, setting good her up as a, that Yeah, she was my initial guess as well. Mm. So a, yep. a brilliant misdirection there. Yes, absolutely. Um, then when the three girls all got kidnapped, it wasn't just Princess Alicia, but Lara and uh, Samarica, is it, um, were all kidnapped. That was when I started to go, hang on, it won't be Alicia and it won't be Lara. Um, so that narrowed it down for me a little bit. But then I think yeah. he had the, another misdirection with, um, with the politician again later after that. So they, they did. He, he handled that really well. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, it was probably around around uh, probably similar as with Stephen for me was around the boat scene, which you can see now if you're on the screen. That was kind of like, Ugh. and and there was, and I guess, like, because Duncan focused a lot, but not focused a lot on the on the princess princess's helper, which turned out to be uh, the bad person. So. It was mm. kind of like, you know, because you, you, you don't know anything about her, but she's hanging around and stuff like that. So, mm. yeah, it was that was kind of like a bit of a clue. It's kind of like, hang on, why are we spending time on this character if she's just, if she's not important? So Yeah, yeah. Um, no, it
2: was well done because then um, I did go back and give it, a, not a second read, but a second flick through. Yeah, um yeah. almost specifically to go oh when what were her bits of the story and you're right we didn't just learn about a character but on you go back and read it a second time you're like oh there was a clue there um if you're smart enough to pick it up so it's, it's actually really well done yeah now
0: i remember in the second story i don't have a scan of it, so i can't show it up um there was there was pictures of her cufflinks of the flames cufflinks and then there was pictures of uh the politicians cufflinks and they were similar but they were not the same and so i remember talking to duncan about this and duncan never told me who it was or anything like that um and i'm going oh cufflinks are they the same are they not the same and and you know so you know and then it kind of makes you thinking was that an oversight by jeff the artist that you know he on that he accidentally not made the cufflinks the same or or was it, and as it probably turned out, that he on purpose drew similar cufflinks but not the same cufflinks to kind of, um, you know, trick people, I guess, is a good mm. way of putting it. Mm.
2: I think that, is the cufflinks the symbol that's on the uh, cigarette lighter on page uh, 30? No, it was just
0: like the like cufflinks on a normal jacket.
2: So yeah, it yeah, was just... That it wasn't that flame symbol that we see. No, the it yeah. wasn't. Like one of them had looked like a star. But that's that's and... the reveal. That's when. Yeah. Um. That's when you're supposed to figure it out, and that was the only moment really where I thought, "Oh, was there something in episodes one or two that I haven't remembered?" And probably if I'd read those in the in the immediacy like Stephen did, um, that might have been a clearer penny drop moment, I suppose. Yeah, I I
0: really liked um this bit here with the um. What's her name? Shiran, which yeah. is kind of like the the tech guru sidekick. It's just like, it was just, it was a fun moment where, like, and obviously there's that Heloise connection. So you're not quite sure whether she knows Heloise is the Phantom's daughter or just a friend of Heloise or, or, or not. But, you know, like, you know, she wouldn't do it until she said mad skills and then. He just goes, just do it. And there's that typical heroic um, pose as he's doing it with the arms mm. crossed, the, the light shining up the person's, you know, up the phantom's face. And, mm. um, you know, and then he's like, do your homework. And by the way, mad skills. So, you know, as he's jumping out the window and a typical as you were gentleman pose and stuff like that. So, like that, those elements in my opinion show and we know we know majority of us know who duncan is we know he's a fan we know that you know he's been a long time fan and, and stuff like that but for me these are the type of just a little little bits that are added in by someone who knows who the phantom is where a normal writer wouldn't put things like that in there because it's only a fan that would remember the the you know that fans like the phantom going in and out of the window, the the light shining up the phantom's face and stuff like that. So I think this is why it's important having people who write and draw the phantom actually know who the phantom is and the importance of just those little key elements um, because they add to the story and they make fanboys and geeks like us excited about the story and, enjoy the story more than what you know than what other other people might do because they you know they pick it and go that's my phantom mm.
2: oh no look it, I, I 100% agree with that scene that two-page spread with Shiran like it, it started with um so again misdirection that that close-up makes it look like this is potentially a terrorist who is um um a, a bad guy this could be her yeah no this is actually this could be the flame but no it's actually um this really nice byplay with a brand new character um and all the things you said the whole the whole interaction is such a a great way of bringing her into the phantom's world um and yeah all of, i had that noted down as well all the things i agree with everything you said there and i think we see that right throughout the the book um i yeah. actually the the flick through was not just to um not just to to read more about um, the Samirica character, because but it was mostly to go through and highlight all of the different moments I had like this. Um, so I might just run through a few of them. Um, I really liked the on page eight the um, uh, when he thumps the bad guy who's smoking. He says, "Didn't you read the packet? Smoking damages your health." Um, um, page eight. Page eight. Oh,
0: sorry.
2: Yeah. More. Ah, uh, yep, just here. Yeah. yeah. As he's yep. punching the guy, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, smoking damages your teeth, which we've all all seen on the packaging at the very least, and or the ads for it. Um I liked the um the on the next page. Um, you know, oh crap, these guys are I've just punched them out. Oh no, they're all asleep and I, they won't talk to me anymore. Um <laughs> I thought that was uh that was funny. Um, the next page where the, the they're upset about drowning, he's dropping him in and out of the water. Um, and the um oh my thing my um, button finger is cramping. Um a nice little byplay then. And I really like, and you've got it on the on the screen there now for the YouTubers, um, on the right hand side there, um when he's he types in a text message and uses yeah. the skull emoji. That was really cool, I thought.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Um just yeah, it's just and we've all we've all done social media where we do the you know the little skull and stuff like that as well. So it's yep. it's very clever, and it's just um it it's good to see the fans from you know interacting with uh what would you call it with um social media and but also technology as well.
2: <laughs> well, it's it's a you know we. I really loved the scenes in the 1960s with Cy Barry having him climb the the telegraph pole and tap into the, to make phone calls and tapping into the phone wires. This, this is how you do that in 2021. So um, <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool.
0: Yeah. No, this bit here was interesting on page 19 where he's talking to the guy on the train. Um, mm. It's just, uh, and I'll just increase it a little bit. It's, it's. I wonder. Like I think for some people this, and I think this is probably about as far as a. And I know this isn't a real political statement, but I think this is about as far as a, as I like political statements, going in my Phantom stories is where it's just a little, little bit on the side, and it's not a whole story.
2: Put about this so yeah so um, you mean because the the old guy used to be a beneficiary of the the system um yeah. that is the, the non-democratic the un, unfair system and uh yeah you see that sort of um uh resentment i suppose from from a character that things are moving in a in a different direction under the new prince rex
0: yeah and he says you know my children can't eat freedom and you know it, it's i don't, I don't think I don't think Duncan's making a political statement here. You know, maybe he is, maybe he's not. But I think it's a I think it's a good it's like it takes up what one two three four five, you know, five six panels, half a page. It's only um, three panels, really,
2: because he's got a the yeah. assistant animal joke
0: in uh, there. Yeah, exactly, and it's and it's it's almost just like a it it just kind of throws up a bit of a discussion, and it's like, well, what do you think? Is it was it better? Is it not? Is there benefits on both sides and, yeah. and and it just kind of leaves there and then it moves on and i think i think that's that's how i like political points in my in my phantom comic is that you can throw something up there but you only just kind of dangle it out there then you move on and then you know as far as i'm concerned that's about as much as a political statement should be yeah,
2: yeah fair. i actually really liked um I really like this double page spread actually because I liked the Baron Can or Baron Can't um, pun in the headline. Yeah. I thought that was clever. The assistance animal joke I know tickled Steve's fancy, um, and uh, and it is a good one. Um, and then, but, but actually, probably my favourite three panels, maybe in this, uh, maybe this in this whole book, are the uh, the one on the opposite page where the phantom's sitting uh, reading a newspaper by a fountain. There are times when the Phantom is out of clues and waits. No. Yeah. Out of and waits for something to happen. This is one of those times. It, you know, it harken back. It just, it was, it was really cool, really well written, and it's exactly what you were talking about before. Just using this is one of those times. That's a fandom trope for ordinary man leaving the, the jungle and walking. Yeah. the street into- it's a it's a play on an old jungle saying. So the average reader
0: wouldn't understand that. but the the hardcore fandom fan will read it and, and have a giggle. And again enjoy the story that little bit more because there's that care, I guess Mm. is the word, about who the character is. And, um, yeah. Yeah, you
2: can just tell that this is is not, uh, Duncan's not an author who is a good author and has decided to to write Phantom Comics or been employed to write Phantom Comics, and so has done some research. This is a guy who grew up on the Phantom and knows the character inside out, is um, using and hits lots of tropes. He he has variations on the tropes, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, like the skull emoji, like the the, bot, the use of the old jungle skiing. Um, And is um, really adding to the character. I, I, I'm not afraid to say that it, Duncan would be my favourite Phantom author at the moment.
0: Yeah, even more than, say, um, Andrew and Petey and, and, and
2: some of those others. I re- I've really enjoyed this three-part story. Yeah, I would say... I've enjoyed those more than yeah those other authors. Yep. Yeah.
0: Okay. Gauntlet has been thrown. <laughs> um, any other comments? Any other comments that you uh, that you want to? Well, write?
2: Where, where, where would it sit for you? Like, if... <laughs> um, <laughs> look, this
0: the three part story. Um, ideally, in a in a perfect world, I would have liked it to be. One after the other But I understand the reason it wasn't Was because the first one was created Then it was popular Then they created two and three um, You know, so I understand why it wouldn't um, But, you know, if it was You know, at, at, the, at the moment This would be, without going back And double-checking This would be in probably my top three to five Stories for the year so far Um, And that's and that's without going back and actually looking what's been published for the last. Yeah, and having that that consideration. No, I get that.
2: That's fine. It'll be uh, it'll be an interesting conversation point at the end of the year because I agree. I think it'll uh, it'll it'll feature prominently in our best of 2020
0: um, Yeah, I really also also like uh, Rex. Is Rex is more than just a a cardboard character? Like he shows emotion. He shows a bit of recklessness. He shows a bit of heroic, um, but he also shows a bit of humility in the sense that he actually gets. Um, what do you call it? The who's the politician girl? Lund. Lund actually gets her on his side and actually like realizing. Oh, well, hang on we might not agree with everything, but she is an asset to Barracan. So let's, Mm. you know, so I think, I think it shows a lot of good character in Rex as well. Like he's not just a teenager. He's uh, you know, he's probably a, what would you say? He's probably, uh, you know, probably a mid twenties, 25 year old Mm. man who is starting to become a good man and actually starting to make some more good decisions than, and recklessness ones
2: well that um that 22 to 25 age bracket would fit with um the the continuity of the newspaper strips where um you know he's just that what six seven years older than the twins sort of thing um i think
0: i think he was probably originally about 12 years older 10 or 12 but
2: yeah okay so in the ballpark the um i really like i think that um that uh, every character really is, has got that sort of fleshed out. Even the helicopter pilot on the other page there, as you've, as you've held it on screen, the, um, he's only in about three panels, but he's a, a definite character who's worried about fuel and um, and scared of the Phantom and stuff. We see him looking worried. Yeah. The, uh, Shiran, as we said, she's only features for two pages, and she's. Um, She's a fully formed character, so I think again, um, that's part of what I admire about Duncan as a writer as well. And he's also good at using uh, the language for those characters. like the politician yeah. speaks like a politician the um, the well, the pilot just then speaks like a pirate uh, pi- speaks like a pilot uses the military yeah. discourse and language. I think that um, Duncan's writes this very intelligently. Brings in the Phantom stuff, which we mentioned before, but um, even little, little, um, uh, little cohesive ties. Lot that he does, like um, on page twelve. So pages um, ten and eleven, for instance, are where he's dunking the fishing net up and back. Page twelve uh, starts with. Um, if you can just bring it up, up, next page, which going up one, top of page twelve. The, the, down a couple hang on let's do it this one that's
0: page 9 10
2: 11 12 yeah yeah so this is 10 11 he's doing the fishing thing and then at the top the next day um it's the parliamentary discourse oh the, their opposition is merely a fishing on a fishing expedition um mm. with the freeport you know so even just that use of the two different languages i think it's really clever and it ties the whole story together and use whatever term you like, you know, you, you, you talk about the care that a writer shows for their story and for their characters. Um, this story's got it in spades. I, yeah. yep.
0: I just wish that maybe some other politicians around the world can actually behave half as good as these politicians, where they're, <laughs> where they're actually sort of uh, civil and actually work together for the greater good of the country rather than their back pocket. Um but that might be enough of politics from my have you got any other last points before we move on to
2: the next last stuff? one and I asked about um before I might just hold it up so we can see it. So but there's okay. the cover from I'll um, stop sharing it. Yep. Yeah. So Go. there's the cover from Jeff Weigel. I really um I like this cover with the the big uh sorry big face over here um as as a big wrap around. Um, and I always do enjoy the covers that are done by the artist who's done the story as well because you get that real sense of continuity, not just, oh, I think this is a cool scene, but um, as, an, as an author, I'm sure they love the idea of being able to do a big splash like that that adds to or for them summarises the whole story. So I really enjoy Jeff Weigel's art and I, you can see his enjoyment in breaking away from the, the Sunday strip conventions as well. So Definitely. very talented man
0: awesome well good work guys uh make sure all our listeners let us know what your thoughts are whether you agree or disagree with us with our uh review on that as well uh we've had a couple of suggestions that maybe we need to get um uh duncan and jeff on to discuss the whole three parts so that will be something we might look into as well now through issue 1897 now dan do you have one to hold up and show us
2: yeah, one eight nine. Don't look at the corner. One eight nine seven. No, I, I did share with him before the podcast. I can't actually put my hand on my one eight nine seven right now. I suspect probably because it's still in the envelope, um, and the envelope's floating around somewhere. Um, now, so yeah. I, I'm just going to wave one eight one one eight nine one around, and you can tell it's the same book.
0: <laughs> now we joke, and we did kind of sort of plan that beforehand and stuff like that as well. But we joke that myself dan and and Stephen, and a lot of uh, social media users, which tend to be the younger generation, uh, have been quite vocal in their thoughts in the collection uh, series. so what um what we we got Dan to actually do a bit of a job and uh, he contacted an older uh, phantom fan, now a real older phantom fan, not like a we kind of joke that Dan's the old man of the uh, of the podcast now. Because we thought, you know, like, okay, Fru has to be publishing this for a reason. You know, we understand the economics and we understand that is easier and stuff like that, but we don't like it. And we've made that quite obvious on our past podcasts. But, so we got Dan to actually talk to um, uh, to a friend who's uh, of the older generation.
2: And uh, <laughs> do you want to share us some of his thoughts? I think you might be overblowing that a little bit. I ran into him at school football, so... <laughs> It's hardly, hardly like I rang up seeking a hard-hitting interview about the Collector Replica series. Uh, no, um, friend of the podcast, actually I I, ble- um, I talked about the radio play earlier. Frank O'Mara is he a colleague of mine, or was a colleague of mine at, at work um, who was a fandom fan, and uh, he actually did the voices for the radio play. He did uh, the Girk Twins um, and really enjoyed that um, Doing that for us, um, and as a Phantom fan, well, when we when we talked at work, obviously we talked Phantom. Um, he has retired, so yes, he he's an older character. But I did just run into him, and um, we started talking Phantom as we do, um, because uh, that's what we've got in common. And um, so he would be, I don't know, mid to late sixties, I guess. He's not an old retiree, but um, maybe early seventies um and he just mentioned that um the replica series in a way was probably the only thing keeping him with fru um which was interesting because he's not such a fan of the the new stories that fru have created and probably a bit old school doesn't like the the newer or or more modern style of um artwork that we get in a lot of those as well um and was really looking forward to the collector series and he (laughs) he, he did say that he's probably once they get to the um, count finish the countdown series he's buying still buying all the fruits at the moment but once the collector series counts down and is done that's probably when he'll stop collecting
0: mm, it's interesting um and that's not the first time i've heard an older fan say that as well and i think that is the reason why fru is still producing these collectors replicas um and We've, we've, we've discussed this on the podcast but before, but we'll just quickly touch upon it before we move on to the next story, is that Fru are in the, have, Fru have the, the good problem or the bad problem, depending on how you look at it, that they've got the old... <laughs> all the older listeners are going to you know, probably be... are going to be really angry when they're saying this, but they've got the old brigade who like the classic stuff. And then there's the younger brigade, which you know, unfortunately, are us, thirties from forties, uh, and maybe fifties, um, who like the newer stuff as well. And through have got the uh, the the task to be able to try and achieve and to please both of those target audiences. And so, it's I, I wonder I wonder if you you know your old mate would like if if they were still producing the the classic stories and you know all of us fan all of us younger fans would still enjoy the the older stories as well but i you know but it kind of makes it a a special issue it's you know but i wonder if he would enjoy it as much if there was just if it was just not a a straight copy but it was in a, a good representation like the drama story and yeah, uh, yeah
2: probably and but I mean as we've said before too there's economic issues there for free yeah. um, this is a very cheap way of getting an issue out that is beloved by a lot of fans and would they like um, you know the the full story put together unedited and unabridged probably of course but um, there's effort involved in that yeah. um, and there's not a lot of effort involved in these and they're still loved so would they love it enough to um, to justify yeah. it and set it aside? Yeah, I don't know probably. that it would make that much of a difference.
0: You're probably right there. All right, so let's move on to our next one, which is Fru 1898, which is a, uh, the latest issue that's just come out by Fru as recording, uh, which is called The Messages of the Jungle uh, by Don uh, Donna Venial and George Bess. Uh, Donna Venial is uh, the late uh, British uh, author and George Bess is a French uh, artist. Both classic creators from the 70s and 80s uh, that we've all, you know, that probably you've enjoyed all their stories. I
2: know I've enjoyed all of their stories as well. Mm. Um, It it was funny, actually, as I read this, um, and I'll hold it up there so you can see the cover by Antonio. Um, As I read, uh, as Antonio Lemos, I should say, um, as I read through this story, I almost felt a sense of nostalgia actually from those, uh, those 80s um, when Fru were starting to first publish um, the Semik stories as they were then, because Don Avenel was, and, and Henya, oh, sorry, George Bess, um, they were the authors and the artists that were getting around at the time. So it was really, for all of my anti Scandinavian uh, rhetoric at times, um, I actually genuinely enjoyed the nostalgic element of, of reading this story. Uh, and there's been hundreds and hundreds of our listeners who have just all fallen off
0: their chair, um, <laughs> all crushed as they've been driving to work. So I'm sorry for all those people that have had near accidents on the freeway on behalf of Dan. But, um, yes, no, it, 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 it's good. And I think one thing I missed in, in talking about uh, in the last story, which was the uh, Duncan one, the Duncan's one and this one are longer. They're the, you know, the 28 hmm. 30 pages stories rather than the 22-page stories. And I feel, you know, all those little extra tidbits that we talked about in Duncan's story is allowed to be done because it's a longer story, And I think it's yeah. the same with the messages of the jungle as well. We see extra, we see extra stuff
2: in this because of the extra pages. Mm, no, you're probably right. You, th- those are th- could be the things that get um, oh they don't contribute enough to the story, so it's easier to edit them out, sort of thing, or never write them in the first place.
0: Yeah, and now I'm going to say something up front. I enjoyed this um, this story, but I probably enjoyed, and I'll bring that up here. It is I enjoyed the flashback to the what was it the sixth or the seventh Phantom, probably more than the actual story. Hmm. Was it the sixth Phantom? Wherever who whichever one it was, um, it was the sixth or the seventh because there was Redbeard and and the Jungle Patrol. Yeah,
2: so. six. Six was the one who helped set up the uh, Jungle Patrol and new Redbeard.
0: Yeah. So yeah, I enjoyed this little. How many pages is it? It's uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, six four, five, six. Six pages which is probably, you know, it could have quite easily been cut down to maybe half a page in a 22-page story. But it's like you get this little nugget and it yeah. adds to the Phantom Law. Like There's never been any explanation on how the Monkey Mail originated. And, you know, I kind of wish it was a full story, but just having this little six-little-page story, it, it makes this story, which, in my opinion, is an average story, but it makes this average story almost a must-read because of those six pages.
2: Yeah, look, I, I would tend to agree with you. I really enjoyed those six pages as well, and I enjoyed the. Um, I enjoy. I enjoy, I enjoyed this whole story as a as a job lot. Those little that six little pages was a highlight. Um, I would say that if it, and, and maybe this could be done if it was a full story just focusing on that. Expand on that because it cheated a bit for me um, in terms of oh, how are we going to come up with this idea of monkey mail and um, and um, using the falcons and it cheated a bit in terms of the runner dropped it and then coincidentally a monkey picked it up and ran away with it for a little while until a bird snatched it out of his hand and then the bird um, gets the message to where it needs to go. Um, I was I was actually I was quite disappointed with that until. Um, you could tell that Donovanell almost acknowledged that himself um, on page 13 as the bird's about to drop the, you, yeah, that's it there, Germ, on the top of the right-hand side, those, uh, those three panels. You, the, the absolute um, trite end uh, way to end that would be then the bird dropped the message on the deck and it landed at the feet of the captain. And if that had happened... Um, then that would have just been ridiculously easy, um, and they acknowledge that in the in the narration at the top of the third panel. There, did you think the bird would drop the message on the ship's deck? Oh no, it, that's too easy. Life doesn't work that way. It's in <laughs> pretty easy, but I think that the author there is acknowledging we're not quite going to do the really s- simplistic plot device there. So um, it would be cool to expand out on that idea a little bit, but um, and, and maybe like you said, uh, a full a full Twenty-two or thirty-two page story exploring it would be cool. Yeah,
0: not I, it, it is cheesy, but like you said, it's like the author's almost laughing or making a joke out of himself. That yeah, it's cheesy. Yeah, so it's, yeah. but I, I think it, I think it works, even though it is cheesy. Because you know we read it and we go, yeah, it's cheesy, but it has to start some way. And I guess monkeys running around in the jungle carrying letters is cheesy as well. So I was I
2: was probably okay with that. It yeah. was when the bird snatched it out of the monkey's paw and then flew it across to the boat. Yeah. I'm like, oh, come on. Oh, come <laughs> on. <laughs> that can't happen. So that was it was just a bit too. Actually, the page you've got up now is similar. I, I'm, I'm far more happy to let this one slide, but um, the very first car the Phantom comes along happens to be with the one with the officers and that sort of stuff. Um, it did provide the uh, opportunity to the Phantom to cling onto the back of the car as it was driving through the jungle, which I absolutely really enjoy as a, uh, as a phantom trope it is something that he does a lot and uh used to do in the ray moore and and wilson mccoy years so um i enjoyed enjoyed that aspect of it
0: yeah look there's a lot of cheesy elements in there but i think it works and i think it's also it's also the era that this story was originally created it was in the when was it i think it was let's just have a quick look at the first page 1981
2: yeah and yeah, and look, the, the Duncan story too had a few cheesy elements where you go, "Oh, that's a really convenient thing for happening." Sometimes in a in a story, you've got to have that really convenient thing happen so you can just let's get to the next plot device. And yeah, um, so and I overlooked those, so and I'm happy to overlook them in here as well. But I will still comment on it with this one because I didn't uh, because they just really jumped out that that monkey bird. You know, the whole point of this is to talk about. Well, certainly the, the way it comes across as he's about to tell the story is to explain how the monkey male came into being. And it yeah. turns out it was just lucky.
0: Yeah. Um, I did like the whole the other highlight was probably the bit with the with the dam and stuff yeah. like that, where he kinda squeezed out the other end
2: and you know. And this lot- is where I think George Bess's artwork is magnificent. Yeah. Um, really creates that atmosphere. And you almost want to hold your breath as you read through that page 23 um, because the Phantom has to, and you're like, wow, can you get through?
0: Yeah, and I'm not quite sure on the, um, uh, you know, where a, you know, a six-foot-five or six-foot-six guy <laughs> to, you know, 100 100- 100 pound guy can probably squeeze through something like that yeah.
2: but um and the water pressure must have been amazing and blah 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 yeah
0: <laughs> yeah yeah and it's just like you know and he's just like oh yeah i won't do it again in a hurry <laughs> but you know let's let's go let's let's go defeat a whole uh you know a whole army of um yeah. of, of guys
2: and fair, know- which was a really cool thing i thought that you know yes he got um you know the, the volcanic gas helped with the mist and that sort of stuff um, but, gee, that, I, I really love a fandom story where he is able to use the element of fear to to scare the bad guys. and Yeah. You know, he's for it.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so, like, it's coming into this bit here. And, yeah, it, it's it's a fun story that has a lot of, I guess, but well, this is the fans, we're talking about a purple guy or a blue guy or a red guy running around in a jungle. Um, you know, there's a lot of elements that you know maybe go is this but you know we are talking about fandom Mm. but it's it's a fun story and i think at the end of the day you just you just want some fun stories where you can read them you can escape for 10 20 minutes or half an hour or an hour however long it takes you to read a comic and you can enjoy yourself you can forget about the troubles of work or the family life, the kids being a pain, the wife's being a pain, or the husband's being a
2: pain. Your wife doesn't yeah. listen to this podcast, does she? Oh, no, nah. <laughs> uh, But you know what I'm
0: saying? Like, you could just escape all of that and you could just read a comic, have fun, and
2: that's what this story is. Yeah, absolutely. And so for all of the criticisms about plot and all the rest of it, I, I really enjoyed both of the ones we've talked in depth about tonight. Um, yeah. It's a, It's been a good month for fandom comics, I think, because because as I said, I, I do still think there's a place for the for the reprints. And I wouldn't have had time to read another three stories this month anyway. So. <laughs> well,
0: that's the reason why we are got to get these podcasts out once a month, because yeah. uh, this is
2: already looking like it's going yes, to be yeah. another Mr. hour and a half. Yeah, just to throw Stephen's two cents into messages of the while wallabri- uh, messages of the jungle. While I bring that up, a comment on Antonio's cover.
0: Yeah, I I, I like I probably uh, I probably like the back cover better.
2: Yeah, I just yeah I tend to agree.
0: Um, Antonio, I know he likes using the orange which you see on the front cover, but for me, I know he likes using those oranges, but I love his blues. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, I've got a commission from him where he's used a lot of blue, like the thing's almost totally blue, and you know, you've seen that as well. But I just I like his blues. He's yeah. he, the way he uses that that colour is just amazing. And so yeah, I, I think i will probably prefer the back one. Um that that cover's probably already sold to uh to John, who's uh I mm-hmm. think's probably got the most he's gonna um uh release a museum purely on Antonio Lemis's art. Yeah.
2: I probably would have liked some sort of composition that had a monkey and a, and a falcon on it um, just to tie in with the yeah. story. That was one of the better action sequences, as we've discussed, because um, you know, that's from that, the, the six-page sequence that we talked about. It's, it is a great little action sequence, but it doesn't really represent the story as well as, as some of the others. But uh, anyway, that's being hypercritical, I think. Steven's-
0: for the last... You know, for seven, eight hundred issues. Uh, yeah, of course. You know, previously, uh, none of them ever uh, represented the story.
2: True. Uh, yeah, the, the free crew have lifted the bar, haven't they? In terms of expectations, I've, I've fallen into the trap um steven says the messages of the jungle it answered a lot of questions that bubble away at the back of the mind i don't recall fork ever addressing them uh, they always just seem to be there for example the radio monkey man and Frarka. because of course we didn't talk about um i think the the trope of not kidnapping but getting your radio technician to come into the jungle blindfolded and guided by i think you know that was a fork thing um and it was really good to see that used in this story uh, so i'd agree with you there Stephen. um Really, Stephen also really enjoys it When the fandom uses his legend to disrupt The bad guys seemingly dead but comes back Works in the dark plays on their fears Enjoyable story
0: Yeah, Very good point Stephen uh, Good to hear from you again Make sure you uh, let us know your thoughts In the comments uh, section of either the YouTube videos or on social media, or you can send us an email as well. Now we're about to hand over to Ankit and Mikkel, who are going to review the Indian and Swedish comics for us. Uh, Ankit is going to review three comics, which is Regal 13, Regal 14, and Regal 15. Uh, so the stories that, you're, that he is going to uh, review is Temple of the Gods, part one and part two. Which is in Regal issue number 13. Uh, Waradu's Secret and the Viking Fortress Mystery, uh, which is in Regal 14. And Regal uh, 15, uh, issue 15, is The Ghost War and the Crime Apprentices. Um, and the covers are done by Vivek and by Anchor as well. So um, we're about to, he's going to review those. And then uh, McKel was going to review Phantom Men 16. 2021 and phantom Men 17 2021 and i don't actually have those issue the title stories on those at hand but now before we um I hand over to them still want to do a shout out if you read and get the brazilian comics and you like what we do and you reckon you could do it as well and you could review the phantasma comics in english uh, you know, that would be greatly appreciated. Please, please get in touch with us. Uh, you can uh, Facebook message one of us or you can email us at, chroniclechamber at gmail.com. It is something we do want to add because uh, we have a lot of um, fans that say they enjoy the reviews from around the world. Um, and we want to include um, the Phantasma comics from Brazil because mm. they've got some great covers, they've got some great content, and we want to include them as well. Hmm. So, uh, Mikel, Ankit, please take it away and we'll be back in a second.
4: Hi and welcome to a Chronicle Chamber book review. I'm Ankit and today I'll be reviewing Regal Comics from India's The Phantom issue number 13, 14 and 15. Uh, as all of you, those who've been following the channel will remember, uh, Regal Comics last published the Lee Fogg birthday special in April. Uh, And ever since then India was caught up again with the second wave of COVID which has been really really bad for us and especially uh, for Kerala the state from which Regal is based off they have been they are still now uh, in fact one of the worst affected states and so lockdowns and everything have delayed book releases and a lot of stuff so uh, I'm quite happy and glad that finally at least we have these books out and also Regal to make up for that lost time and everything have uh, Decided to release three books in one go. So yeah uh, 1st of August onwards these books are now available the pre-order started uh, Sometime around the middle uh, in the end of July about the 20th or 21st So yeah, let's get into them First we start off with issue number 13 now issue number 13 uh, Has a cover art by mr. Vincent Moses Raja who's quite a regular by now and It comes with a mini poster which is uh, the, basically the cover art and one thing I have noticed from Regals all their past stuff is that their mini posters colors are much more saturated from their covers now some people might like it but personally I like uh, it to be an exact representation because somewhere if you see the subtlety of the different purples over here is kind of lost when it becomes uh, very saturated but anyway uh, onward to the book now the story in here uh, or the stories in here is uh, one of my favorites personal favorites from uh, Tony DePaul it's the temple of the gods uh, those who have already read the stories from the, the dailies they would remember that you know that even phantom Men has a continuation of these of uh, temple of the gods I think it uh, goes up till part 5 or 6 or something like that but yeah anyway uh, coming back to the main book, now there is a misprint that I realized. This uh, over here in the credits, they give uh, the story they credited to Mr. Tony DePaul and George Olison, which is clearly wrong. The artist should be George Olison and Keith Williams, uh, the inker, and Paul Ryan. Now, uh, again, another th- thing I love about the story is the fact that this is where Mr. Paul Ryan starts full-time working on the strip. He's by far my uh, favorite after Cy Barry, his uh, Phantom is my favorite and like Mr. Tony DePaul and Paul Ryan's combination for me was probably one of the best since the early 60s Cy Barry, uh, Lee Falk combination. Anyway and uh, as we have, we have a picture which is drawn by Mr. Vincent Moses Raja for uh, issue 2 of the thing as the title head and uh, the story is so it's about a 56 page book and it's all in color the it's basically the daily story and one of the best things is like you know to see these stories in this really nice glossy paper so you know even though i would say the sundays were colored much more elaborately for the phantom the daily's color really shines and it's consistent and just like mr paul ryan's art towards the end of the book I, I really, really like how you know, uh, Mr. Ollison's retirement and Paul Ryan's entry. Like you can, you can actually see how the art became so much more consistent. Like when you see like you know the face of the Phantom and everything here, and how Mr. Paul Ryan's Phantom is in every panel. You you know there is like I've always been Mr. Paul a oh, fan of Mr. Paul Ryan's work from his time in Marvel and. This is a really, really great story too, you know. And being a two-parter, having it all in one book, this is really good. I know that this story has been published before in Eurokids, in one of the books, but uh, those are not even close to the kind of stock paper quality this has. Like, paper quality goes a long way to really, you know, show off what uh, it can do. Like, especially the gradients and the details in every scene that you can see here. So, yeah, really good stuff. Anyway, on to issue 14. Now, issue 14's cover has been done by me. Incidentally, this is my fourth cover, actually, in terms of chronology. But they chose it for issue 14. And... uh, I based this off the story the Wooduros secret and I wanted to have something like a tribal psychedelic thing happening, you know. So anyway, other uh, than it the freebie that comes with it is a sticker based off my art from the cover, which I modified a little bit for the lighting and everything so that you get a straight thing. Anyway, now the stories here are Mr. Clay's Remyarthi and Mr. If I'm not mistaken, Mr. Tony Yeah, Mr. Tony DePaul's story, and the art is by Mr. Graham Nolan. And the these stories have been printed before in Moonstone. And if you look here carefully, you will see, you know, what much better paper stock can do, and that's what it is it's so much better paper stock, and it allows for you know a lot of really good let me show you a comparison of here look at the two pictures here because of the gloss paper the the highlights are a lot more prominent here it's matte here so it's a little blunt but like it's about preference but as you can see for these are very expensive books the quality of print fidelity is brilliant here so yeah in terms of sheer quality again that is the that has been regal's biggest strongest point so far you know now in this book basically would secret and uh, and the viking fortress mystery i Obviously, like, Woodrow's Secret or more. Vikings Fortress Mystery, for me, was a very strange story. I mean, those who will read it, you will understand. It's 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 really strange. Like, one of the things. But, like, Graham Nolan's art is what really shines here. Like, especially, I love the look of the phantom in panels like this. He's There's a lot of dynamics. Like, dynamic things happening. Just, just look at here. It just reminds me of my favorite times. Like, you know, when he was doing... A detective comics in Batman in DC in, back in the uh, late 80s early 90s so the art really stands out for me here and and really the print fidelity so yeah that's about number 14 now number 15 the number 15 is again the artwork has been done by uh, me now one thing i have to uh, point out is i was uh, this one in terms of technology is my third cover for them so i did this before i finished this and uh, with every artwork i tried to do something different like here i did not do any inking i tried to do all the highlights and the shadows from with colors oh here i did a mix of uh, colors and inks and everything else like the traditional thing and i wanted to try stuff with illumination but uh coming to this one uh the funny thing is i was uh i had to like do this like in a really uh, quick time at that point of time regal was still like locked down and all that you know didn't start so this was planned to be released again just after 12 and all so uh, but like you know i had to finish this up real quickly because uh They they had kind of figured out a cover art that they wanted for this issue, but they kind of rejected it And so it was like an emergency thing I had to do So yeah, so I based this off the ghost wall story like the wall and the phantom's image Uh, It didn't really come up uh, As well as I would have liked like an illusion thing because being a dark uh, background already uh, i realized from painting there would be some practical difficulties to like you know really create that gradient and everything on so yeah anyway so the stories over here are the ghost wall by mr tony de paul and the artist is uh, oh yeah firstly uh the it comes with a card as the freebie which is again uh, based of the phantom from my cover which is again uh, here So yeah, and the artist is uh, George Olison and Keith Williams and the next story is a Paul Ryan, Tony DePaul story which is, uh, this is my uh, phantom picture from issue 9 from Paul Ryan and Tony DePaul's The Crime Apprentices. So what I like about this story is The Crime Apprentices is where, you know, Tony DePaul and Paul Ryan are really shining because uh, it's like... You, it, it, this is like a very classic phantom kind of a story the narrative is you know in a way like really going through certain things and all and I really like the whole structure of the story like you know it starts off in a manner and then it ends in a complete and and, and it really shows one of the greatest things I like about the phantom like you know his nobility his, uh, his way to you know really think things out and not always use his fists all the time so he's a, he, the upholding justice is not just by you know by violence and also that this this is a very classic uh, phantom you know story in my opinion as for the ghost wall uh this i think was actually adapted from a phantom story which had art by uh I, I can't remember i think maybe hans Lindel or, or, or Jamie valve or john boyce i have no I, I can't remember but this is definitely a phantom's story which it was based on so this is during that part when uh, you know after miss uh, mr fox death kfs was still trying to you know figure out uh, the right you know combination and just needed stories quickly to you know come up and fill that time before original stories could be written so i think this is an adaptation from one of the phantom in stories by mr. Tony DePaul so yeah that's about it for issue 13 so you can uh, order these books at Regal and they are all available they all come at 200 rupees each and if you pre-order them together all of them I think you get free registered post shipping or uh, and I'm pretty sure also very soon you know uh, fruit will have them for uh, international customers so yeah Thank you for watching. Happy Phantoming.
1: Hello and welcome back for another Phantomen review with me, Mikael. This time I have two issues for you. We're starting off with 16 of 2021. It has a cool cover by Henrik Sahlström with the silhouette of Nosferatu in the background. The main story or the only Phantomen story is Nosferatu's Hemd. That is Vengeance of Nosferatu if I may translate. Uh, From what I heard. This is the last story that Klaus Remerty wrote before his retirement and suddenly passing away. Uh, there are more coming in Phantomen but uh, they were written earlier. And this one has art by Jan- Janus Orden. And I love this story. It is a sequel to the Hollywood Murders, which I also loved, uh, about the 20th Phantom and how we met uh, Maud. Uh, now they have been married and uh, They're supposed to be meeting up in L.A., but she gets tied up and the fandom gets in the middle of a murder spree during the filming of Mosferatu's Vengeance, a horror movie. Warden's art is amazing as always. Uh, This is the first new Tim van story since issue 9. That is a bit too long between them for my liking, but I really hope this high quality of stories continues. There's also an announcement about the best cover of 2020. I wrote a short piece about that on Chronicle Chamber webpage. The incredible achievement by Sahlstrom to secure the top five places is nothing less than amazing, and the quality of covers we have gotten is also amazing. Then we have issue 17 of 2021. It also has a great cover, as expected by Henrik, and it makes you want to. Rip up the comic book and figure out why a zombie-like phantom is crawling at the phantom's leg. The main story, The Longo Forest, is the 254th Phantom Daily Story, and it was written by Tony DePaul and drawn by Mike Manley. It's almost two stories in one, uh, where I love one part and feel adamant about the other. The first part is the tracking and taking down of a poacher. The second is Phantom Hallucinating in the Forest. It's cool to see a newspaper story so close to when it was published in the newspaper showing up in uh, Phantom And on the last page, the preview for the double issue 1819 shows that we have a treat in store. A new Ray Merti story, the 998th Team Phantom story and two Falk McCoy classics and a reprint of an 80s Team Phantom story. That's all from me here in Sweden. So happy phantoming and back to you guys.
0: Thank you, Ankit. Thank you, Mikkel, for your amazing reviews. I really appreciate them, um, and I hope you, our listeners, do as well. Now, before we get on to the news, we're going to quickly, quickly touch upon the Daily and Sunday stories from A Progress. Now, again, this is something that you, the listeners, have requested we do um so here we go now the sunday story is by tony DePaul and jeff weigel this is a continuation of our last discussion uh which was episode 192 i want to believe it was when we last talked about this now the story is the visitor it's a it's a bit of an interesting conversation uh story this one have you been following this one dan
2: yeah, I have. Um, I do find the the Sundays easier to, to keep up with um, because I follow Jeff Weigel on uh, Facebook and he posts it uh, and that's typically where I see it. But, yeah, I've, I've been following the story. I'm still not quite sure what to make of it, to be honest. Yeah. Um, jury's still out. Um, you know, it'd be one of those ones once you, you know, it might work really effectively uh, or you'll, you'll find out what's going on more quickly in a, once it's published as a comic book. Um, only having nine panels every seven days. Um, yeah, it's, it's I'm, I'm, I don't know, the jury's still out. I'm, I'm waiting to see. I think we're exactly the same
0: position as we were a month ago when we last recorded. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's been yeah. five Sundays since we last uh, discussed it. Sorry, i just got a cramp in my foot. That really hurts. Um, <laughs> 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 uh, um, I'm not even playing football and I'm cramping up already. Um,
2: <laughs> well, so so, so it, the name of this one's The Visitor, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Um, so what is the, the – that's the question. Who For you, who is The Visitor? Uh, have you got any bead on that yet? No, I don't. No. I don't.
0: Like I was thinking today, like thinking left field, right? Like last last time we made the discussion, could we hope that it's not a doppelganger, alternate universe? Now mm. Tony DePaul messaged us afterwards and um, said, and I quote, "There's no alternative universe trick up my sleeve." So that's that's good. That's that crossed off. That's the the worst case scenario. All the cop out, <laughs> Easy answer in my opinion. Now I'm thinking, okay, who could it be? And then I, I. Now, this is another far-out left-field type of idea. Like, the easy option is that it could be, you know, like some mystic, you know, uh, volcanic gases slipping through the, you know, or bad pizza or something. You know, that's the easy option. But I'm thinking, what about if there's a secret organisation that is there to help the phantom, like a generational you know, and we've kind of seen that a little bit in the Phantom by Gaslight saga where you've kind of got the oh, I can't remember the guy's name, but is the is the African guy who trained with the seventeenth uh, phantom yeah. and jewelry yeah
2: um, and becomes the third phantom for a period in yeah
0: yeah so you know there's a little bit of precedent there where you've kind of got someone who's like who, you know they're, they're like a secret organization that's there to help the phantom. Lend them a a, um, a help and stuff like that when needed because we've we've seen that with the th- with the fifth phantom, with the sixth phantom, with the I think it was also the the sixteenth phantom as well where
2: the ones that the, the Sunday has told us about so far.
0: Yeah, so now that's a far out option, and I'm not sure if I even like that as an option.
2: But I uh, I don't know like. You're setting up a generation of helpers who are so far in the scenes that one person comes out once every yeah. fifty, sixty, seventy years. I don't I don't know. It might be a stretch too far. Oh, it, it is. It is. But I'm thinking left field. Yeah. Left field. Well, I, <laughs> um, I think it might be Patrick McGowan. Um <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. only real fans are going to get that joke. <laughs> if you didn't laugh just then, you're not enough of a Phantom fan. Because Patrick McGowan, of course, was the actor who played the uh, the Phantom's ghost father um, in the Billy Zane film, and um, was uh, n- not loved by me as a character, and I think not by most uh, Phantom fans because it's it's an idea of that that doesn't happen in the comic books, and and I guess that's why the visitor is sure, unusual yeah. as well because. <laughs> we don't have this ever having happened in the comic books before. Yeah. So I think we're at such a luxury um, us as a team at Chronicle chamber, but then people who are listening to this to be able to hear directly from Tony DePaul. Paul, so I know you've just quoted a little bit of what uh, Tony said in as part of the conversation um, with us about the story, but do you want to go through and read the rest of what he said there? Because I think there's some great insight into, into what's going on. <laughs> okay, so he says... Well, not great insight, but enough to, to make me feel comfortable about it.
0: <laughs> there's no alternative universe trick up my sleeve on the Sunday story. That said, it is an unusual story, one that runs a reasonable high risk of failure failure now that's interesting that bit mm, like, isn't it those are the fun ones to write granted many readers like everything tied up in a neat not, uh, in a nice neat bow like myself but the phantom inhabits a world of mystery even if you he doesn't fully comprehend himself Um, We can't get too carried away with with reality. Otherwise, we'll be obligated to show the Phantom getting his twice-a-year dental cleanings (laughs) and the occasional colonoscopy. (laughs) (laughs) I do leave readers with a pretty good theory about the nature of the visitor. Who knows? Maybe the visitor will be back now that readers have seen it. And the theory will, at that time,
2: either stand up or be cast aside. Mm. I I think that's really interesting what he's shared there like you said that um, you commented as you read that first bit um, Tony the author says this runs a reasonably high risk of failure Um, interesting that I guess that shows confidence and security in yourself as an author to be able to go well this one may not probably won't work Um, but still put it out there for people anyway yeah Uh,
0: he doesn't really answer the question he kind of like just teases us a little bit more in there but i think i think he's done that on purpose uh and he doesn't want to give it away to all of the listeners and the readers and stuff like that um one of the things i do like uh that we've seen is i like all the flashbacks with like the jungle patrol origin the fifth phantom and Mm. and stuff like that and like what we discussed in the messages of the phantom is it is it helps and he's got with doing these flashbacks and he hasn't really done it yet but it enables you just to kind of add to the past generations just yes. add a little bit of a little bit of history a little bit of like an adventure or, yeah. or, or something like that and like with the messages we saw the jungle patrol game created now we haven't seen that in any of those flashbacks yet but mm. it gives the opportunity for tony to paul to be able to make to make mention of a wife or to make mention yep. of a death or a key moment in that phantom's history and yeah. uh, and stuff like that. And I think that's important to be able to continually to add, but also for the writer to continually to leave
2: his imprint on the phantom mm. as well. And it just opens up... Um extra avenues for people to go, okay, I now know how to get into this fandom because, you know, I've got that in yes. from Tony DePaul. Um, I also love how it gives Jeff Weigel the opportunity to um, pay tribute to some of uh, Cy Barry's stuff. Um, he's, a, he's an excellent author, Jeff Weigel, um, and his ability to um, to replicate or, or use it almost as a dream sequence, and it, it works effectively for us to go, oh, I remember that story, and it takes us yeah. right back because there's particularly um, – I'm not looking at it right now, but I think it's the Phantom Punching Redbeard, um, or Sala, one of those two. Um, and it's a particularly iconic panel in that um, that Cy Barry original story um, and to bring that in um, with his own touch on it, but it's clearly a, a tribute. He does that really well. It's not the first time that he's done it either.
0: Yeah, and when we were talking about Duncan adding these key moments, which helps us appreciate the story more, Tony's doing that with this as well, because he, and he's done it with a lot of uh, in the past. And we've written one article and we've got a second article coming out soon as well, where mm-hmm. he's just picked and pulled little bits and moments from past stories, even Egmont stories, and just dragged them into the newspaper world, mm-hmm. which just helps merge everything mm-hmm. and yeah. makes everything fit a little bit better than, you know, when you've got Fork doing his own thing. You've got yeah. Egmont doing their own thing and they're just getting further and further apart. Yeah. Tony DePaul's just kind of, you know, just just making things fit a little bit easier and making yeah. my life, who likes things to fit a little bit easier, a little bit easier to bear. Mate, it sounds
2: like you may not like the end of this story, though, because it's not all <laughs> tied up in a nice leap bow and you're left with some idea of who the visitor is. What mm. uh, What's he saying? Um, yeah, le- readers will have a pretty good theory. So yes. that's not that's not nice and neat. Um, no. but you know, i take the point there too that that tony's made about um there are parts of the Phantom's world that are a mystery that he doesn't understand and um i know there's a lot of criticism for the stories that lee Falk. Uh, i'm thinking they were largely in the the later in the 70s and 80s where the we saw the little people prince Vlad, and the little people come in we saw his and hers and um you know we saw the the blue horn demons and um lots of um or, or no it was the blue giant wasn't it and the star the blue giant and the, yeah <laughs> yeah so there's there, there are lots of examples in the past of these mystery stories and i don't think they're anyone's favorites which is probably why tony says it may not work um but there's certainly room for them in the phantom universe it's not uh it's not completely um out of kilter Oh well, let's
0: just see if uh, we get any more hints in our next podcast. But again, um,
2: Stephen made a good point. Um, I'll just read what he's read. Uh, okay. uh, he said he's decided that he doesn't really like the change of costumes. Now that's an interesting one because a lot of feedback on social media is that people like what Jeff Weigel is doing when he goes back into those um, um, past fans flashbacks. Yeah, past stories that he's that he's mixing up the Phantom's costume in a little bit. Um, So Stephen said he doesn't really like it. Kudos for trying something different, but it's not setting my world on fire. The visitor is interesting, but but would like to move it to the 21st again soon. Keen to know who or what it is and what its purpose is, which I guess is what we've been talking about. But just to to comment on the costumes, and what Jeff's doing there. Um, I like it. It makes sense.
0: It makes it a little bit more realistic. Um, I can understand fans not liking it. And I reckon if I had to just gauge the 20, 30 responses that I've seen, which is not enough for a scientific poll, I know, but let's call it a, a quick and easy dirty phantom poll. Um, I would say it's probably
2: at about 65, 35, maybe 60, mm. 40 mm. in the favour. Um, yeah, in favour, yeah. Yeah, That's probably ties in with what my gut would be on what I'm seeing anecdotally. I'm I'm probably still in the fence with it. I don't... Um, I I understand it. um it makes sense and I like my fandom world to make sense and so of course they didn't have skin tight leotard in the sixteen hundreds or seventeen hundreds and um it it but I but I'm just so used to seeing that that it's yeah, yeah. Uh, still not quite right. Yeah. It's interesting that uh Steven's actually made
0: up his mind and um yeah. we're still on the fence. We're normally yeah. Stephen on the fence. <laughs> um Well done, Stephen, you made a decision. uh <laughs> um okay just quickly before we move over to the daily story um some fan fans like buying original art and um and they would know that jeff does some original art and some he does on the ipad and on um on the various on the various procreate i think he uses procreate yeah yeah so now if you to save you asking jeff hey is this an original or is this a, a digital version Um, Jeff has told us an easy way of identifying what is original and what is not. So if you want to buy original Sunday story art, make sure you listen. Now, I'll see if I can, and I probably should have been doing these up while we
2: were um, talking, but just bear with me for two seconds. Uh, I think this is really cool. I I didn't know this until I read it in the run sheet, and I think this is a great little, uh, it's just an extra little tidbit to look for. Yeah, yeah. So again, if you're if you're watching to us on YouTube,
0: you'll be able to see what I'm doing. If you're on uh, audio, I'll try and explain it to the best of my ability. Now, I'm just going to. um, So you see this? How we've got uh, this here on the bottom panel on the sixth, on the twenty seventh of uh, June.
2: So the the signature bubble is what you're talking about?
0: Yeah, the little title signature bubble. You've got Tony DePaul and Jeff Weigel, and there's a little asterisk uh, next to Jeff Weigel's signature or his name there. Now, as you go through and look for it, if you see that signature, if you see the little asterisk in the signature, that means that this is an original uh, that's done by um, that's done by ink and stuff like that so you t- you would be able to buy this one that I'm showing up on uh, on uh, YouTube now we'll go through there's no asterisks on this one so it means you won't be able to buy that one
2: because uh, that's the one that I just commented on about the uh, Sala getting punched
0: <laughs> yeah
2: now what it probably
0: is that's uh, probably because he probably digitized those three yeah
3: by.
2: Yeah.
0: Two panels. So we got we flick through. That one's done by digital. Uh, this one's original, uh, which is the 18th of July. Uh, which is the 12th Phantom going
2: through uh, Rabbit Warren of Dangerous Streets. It's a, it's a good one to have available as original artwork, I think, because you've got the 12th Phantom engaged in a street fight. Um, you know, people like seeing the Phantom in their original art, and often the, the fight scenes are, are very popular too. So I think it's a, uh, a, a clever or a wise choice by Jeff to do that one. Yep. And
0: so this one is not original, and then this one is original, which you've got the. Um, you've got, which is today's the first of August, uh, where they're sh- where they're showing off, uh, facing off and um, doing the old gun gun draw as well. So I just thought, just thought we might want to share that with our listeners um, to be able to identify what is and what is not an original um, that you can purchase. So hopefully that makes sense for people. Hopefully, as I uh, say, I think.
2: That's, that's a, a fantastic little bit of information to have and um, it's going to be one of the first things I look for. I think now when I say a Sunday, not because I'm going to be able to buy one anytime soon, but just, just nice to know. Just a, just an extra little tidbit, little bit of information. Um, you, can, you can peek behind the fourth wall there.
0: Yeah, and Jeff's, what, Jeff's art is not crazily uh, expensive. No. Um, I've seen them go for anywhere between 250 to 300 US. Um, which is, you know, which is not super crazy. And I, th- I think,
2: and he, as I said, the the, the, the Sundays, just the five from this um, this last period that you showed just then, I think the two that are available for um, purchase are the best two of the five. I think he's been, uh, you know, there's a word for it. He's uh, been clever about which ones he's decided to, to do, uh, you know. Yeah.
0: All right, so anything else you want to say or we will move on to the daily story?
2: Uh, Let's have a talk about the dailies.
0: Okay, so this is the daily story. Now, again, I'm just going to pick this up. Now, we're picking this up from when we last talked on the podcast. So we're not talking about the whole story. We're just talking about where we last discussed. So we ended up on basically the end of June, which is where he's just had a chat with uh, Old Man Moz And old man Moz has basically said that if he, this is really interesting. This bit here if you free Savannah, you'll call down the rack and rain of all you hold dear. The journey of the walkers in this land will end. And then he says here, um, if you free Savannah, Kit will never return to the deep woods, never be the second 22nd phantom. So that's just, it's just a really interesting subplot where you just, not really sure what's happening and and, and stuff like that. Uh, what are your thoughts on it, Dan?
2: Uh, yeah, I'm I'm interested to see where that goes. I'm sure that um, I have I have faith that Tony will be able to write a way for this to end where um, Kit is still able to be the 22nd Phantom. Whether that means that technically, you know, whether whether someone else frees Savannah or um, she gets out by herself, um, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure Tony's got um, an ace up his sleeve in terms of, um, yeah. yeah, getting around now, that.
0: We have seen another prediction from Old Man Moz about the death of the 21st Phantom, where it didn't quite happen. Correct. And Did so the curse uh, of Old Man Moz? Yes, which was what probably three, maybe four, five years ago. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting whether it's going to be a similar situation as that or. You'll get start
2: to get a bad reputation as a seer where, where his predictions don't come true. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, one of the things I did like
0: about, especially coming up from about here onwards mm. for the next week or so is he's That's making
2: about halfway through July
0: mm, is he's, is he's just making the little, um, the little, he's talking as he's fighting. He's making a bit of, bit of, you know, a bit of fun. He's, you know, we see an old jungle saying, which you know, in my books, is very important. We agreed. Um, uh, you know that he's he's making little little cracks and jokes and, and and stuff like that, and that's the kind of you know, like this bit here. The place is crawling with soldiers tonight. Maybe more soldiers than rats. Same difference. Hmm. Uh, and they're just you know, it's not exactly hilarious, fun, super funny, but they're just those little. Little comments that you know you're reading it and you can't kind of have a smile on your face and and you know
2: it's an enjoyable little bit and mm. stuff like that. Yeah, no, I, I really like that sequence as well because again, you know, that's the Phantom um being the Phantom by by you don't know that he's there until you. It's too late. Um, you know, he's instilling fear in the guards. It's similar to what I talked about with messenger from the of the jungle, messengers yep. of the jungle. That that idea. That that's who the phantom is. That's how he fights. And um, lots of you know, if I go back to uh, was it the story where Laga was kidnapped by the twelve terrorists? Um, the the Mysterious Ambassador, is it? I've got that wrong.
0: No, no, don't know. I think it's actually called The Terrorist.
2: It might be called The, the Terrorist, yeah. The Bong Bong Terrorist or something like that. It finishes with um, Luaga asking, how did you get past all those terrorists? And the Phantom says, the same way you did with that last one, just one at a time. Um, yeah. You know, that's the Phantom just getting to where he needs to go one guard at a time. And, uh, yeah. yeah, so I really enjoyed this sequence in the story. Yeah. Now,
0: I just want to make mention of the art here, especially these no. panels here, yeah, good where... Is. Where you, you've got the smaller panels that are kind of like, you know, so you've got, a, you know, like a wider angle and then you've got these close-up smaller panels and then there's another one here mm. as well. And they're,
2: they're close-ups and they're little insets, zoom-ins.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 it helps create almost like motion during, mm. you know, and, and it's very uh, cinematic where you've kind of, you know, you can almost see it. Where you've got the long shot, and then it draws in, and he's, he's slowly unclipping the you know the gun belt and, and stuff like that. So it's very clever by uh, by Mike and his um, and his team and stuff like that. Where yeah. you're, it, it creates, I guess, motion is
2: the way I see it. Yeah. Um, I think. he's, Drawing a really strong phantom at the moment. Like the, there's a really there's a real strength to this phantom as he's going through the the prison. I'm loving the um, the use of shadows. This panel you've got up right now uh, from the 28th of July is a is a classic in terms of the phantom coming out of the shadows, um, and uh, the the use of the shadow work. You had up a panel there before with Zivana lying on the prison uh, bed and the shadows across her body and across the um, uh, wall, you know, he's he's doing that really well. Yeah, and there's another one. I think it's the next one. Oh, I can't
0: remember, but there's a, there's a couple of them where the whole Phantom's face is is covered like it is on yep. the 28th, and um, and you've got the eyes shining. and I'm not sure whether it's got little, you know, little glow in the dark little lead, um lights or anything like that. But it um, it, it just it gives us that mysterious element that that you know, and so I think. You know, it's interesting where this story is going to go. Um, hmm. I will, I will admit, and I do prefer um, Tony, No, I prefer Paul Ryan's and Terry Beatty's version of Savannah. Um, okay. But, um, but you know, I guess being in the jungle, you don't really. I mean, in jail, you don't really get a chance to, you know, look after yourself and put on it's makeup and stuff like not that. not
2: looking your best under the
0: surface. yeah 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 so but i just i just thought she looked prettier in those in um, <laughs> in uh paul ryan's and uh terry Beatty's version fair enough um but yeah but um, it's you know it's interesting
2: uh, really much brings us up so that brings us up to speed um so he's about to um, get to savannah it certainly looks that way he's about to get to her prison cell um, and I guess by the time we speak about this next, we'll know, did he unlock it and let her out? Or is there some other way um, that we can say Savannah's released? Or is he going to leave her there? I mean, um, should the fandom be breaking prisoners out of, uh, out of out of jail?
0: Well, see, that's a question I had that I, I was rereading it today, and I'm like, hang on. Should the fandom, like, because there's a, there's a bit where he goes, um, where was it? It was on the 1st of July. He goes, I'm out to free one prisoner, one prisoner, and he puts that in bold from Gravelands tonight. But there are hundreds of others who should and must be freed. We'll see if pressure from the international community can get the job done. And it's kind of like, hang hang on. You're saying that I'm here to free one person. All the other hundreds have to be done by the international community. Is it the Phantom's job to be doing
2: that? Well, yes, I guess. Oh, you mean freeing all the rest of them as well?
0: Well, should he be freeing all of them, or should he be gathering evidence and then leaving it to the UN to do?
2: Yeah, it's an interesting one. He's a social justice warrior. He's not a social just like, like a real one, not a not a keyboard warrior. He's an actual, real social justice warrior. Mm. Uh, so he's going into battle. He's he's got one prisoner in particular that he needs to save maybe he couldn't get her out um if he released everybody you know how are you going to escort 2 or 300 people out of a out of a prison that the impl- implication obviously is that they're all political prisoners and um, um maybe some deserve to be there captain america did
0: it in the uh in his first movie so yeah there you go so just saying.
2: yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, look i don't know uh as always if you agree or disagree with any of our re- reviews let us know uh, you, we've got various social media uh, accounts we've got on Facebook, which is chroniclechamber.com. We're also a part of the Phantom Collector group as well. Um, fans, if you're, if you're uh, listening to that, show us your collection on Phantom Collector. Uh, it'll be good to see some uh, some other fans' collections rather than just the, the same uh, people sh- showing off as well. As so, impressive as they
2: are,
0: yeah, as impressive as they are, it'll be nice to see some other fans as well. Uh, if you're on Twitter. Uh, at Chronicle underscore tweet, Instagram, which is at Chronicle Chamber. And of course, we're on YouTube as well, which you can uh, search for Chronicle Chamber. So this is your opportunity to let us know whether you think the Phantom should be rescuing these people or not. Did you not enjoy one of those stories and you think that we've got rocks in our brains because we liked them that much? This is your opportunity to let us know. If you want to let us know that, uh, you know, that you didn't agree with what Anchor or Mikkel wrote and said and stuff as well, let us know. This is the opportunity to do it. So um, we're about to get onto the the news section of our podcast. Now we've got a few bits of news here, um, but we're going to try and fly through them and try and keep this podcast as close to the hour and a half as possible. <laughs> yeah, right. Everyone says. So uh, we're going to get onto the news now. Uh, Glenn Ford got in contact with us today and gave us a little bit of a tidbit. Now, if you listen to episode uh, 190 where we interviewed Andrew Constant as he was talking about uh, his uh, future futuristic phantom or the robo phantom, as some fans have dubbed him, um, you would have heard him make mention about a new story that he has created. Uh, We've got confirmation from Glenn that uh, that story is... Is going to be the new graphic novel from fruit and it is likely uh not set in concrete yet but it is likely to be released for christmas which will if we had to put a date on it which will probably be end of november or early december
2: now and sorry <laughs> sorry the cynic in me is giggling because uh obviously if it was set in concrete and they said it was coming out at christmas then we'd probably expect it sometime next year. But if it's just likely that it's going to be done by Christmas, we could be talking for, for a day at yeah. Christmas 2024. Yeah, and we'll I'm never... sorry, man, that's very tongue-in-cheek. Um, <laughs> I am looking forward to seeing it. So it's it's by Andrew Constant. Who's the author again? Uh, sorry, who's the uh, the artist, do we know? Uh,
0: Giancarlo, oh, I can't remember his name. He did Carac- the first, yeah.
2: Caracuzzi did the first one.
0: He did the first one, which was The Sword of Caliph. Yep. Now, it's not a sequel. To sort of caliph, right? Really? Um, now I've seen the art, and it's the same style um, of that uh, that Giancarlo has done. I think his art works well. Um, it's it's consistent. Uh, the story uh, features Frankenstein, so it's going to be interesting how that is going to work and how um, Phantom fans. Who are more on the traditional side of things are going to like that. So, um, but it's exciting news. I've, a lot of fans have actually asked me in the last month or two if they're going to do a new graphic novel because mm-hmm. they've enjoyed the first one, and I think it
2: is good to see
0: through doing more graphic novels.
2: What are your what are your initial thoughts about a Frankenstein? We've just talked about the fact that. Uh, Lee Fork and, and Tony DePaul have had mystery stories in the past. Um, we've also mentioned Phantom by Gaslight, um, which I guess dabbles in that, in that time frame that Frankenstein comes around. Uh, I'm probably a little bit... Uh, I, I would want to read it first, I suppose, before I, I'm not... I'm, I wouldn't say I'm racing it, going to be racing it looking forward to it because I'm probably mixing genres is not necessarily... My
0: yeah, name. I think there's a bit of a risk... And I think
2: uh, Andrew did make mention of this
0: without going back and listening to what he said exactly. But there is, like you said, there is a mixing of the genres, which could be interesting because a lot of the monster uh, fans and Frankenstein fans may pick up this graphic novel because it features uh, Frankenstein. So there could be a a good opportunity for cross-platform. Look, the art's enjoyable. The story as a story, from what I from what I've seen, is enjoyable. Um, I think a lot of it's going to come down to a personal choice whether they do it. Yeah. But another graphic novel, mate. That's that's exciting. Yeah, yeah,
2: no, that is exciting. Um, and it, it will certainly add to the bookshelf for sure. Um, I'm just trying to... I've got it on the edge of my memory, and you probably know this better than I do. Has Egmont or Semek ever put out a Phantom story that's featured Frankenstein? Because I know we've had Draculas and vampires. I feel like there has been. No, I no, I don't. I know there's been
0: Golem, which is the um, Jewish creature, mythical creature that's made out of clay. That's been in two stories. Yeah. Um, there's been the beasts underneath the Temple of Eden, which was about a six-part arc, which was published in newspaper stories and then also in Egmont stories. But I don't believe we have actually seen
2: a Frankenstein story. I just about had proved it to you and myself um, by bringing up Phantom and issue 17, 1995, um, which has Leiforque's The Island of Galique, The Island of Doom, and a chapter of The Heart of Darkness, and... Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, but that's not a Phantom story in that issue of Phantom. Men. That's actually just Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, so <laughs> it's not a Phantom story. But it, he's been published next to one before. Yeah, yeah.
0: But <laughs> I, I reckon, I reckon fans. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm on the fence, but I'm eager to get this. Like, I yeah, think yeah, yeah. I'll absolutely buy it and, and I read. Think, it. Uh, yeah, I think having another um, graphic novel is good um the art now i've with you and i've actually had this discussion with someone else i can't remember who it was but that's not important uh recently talking about uh giancarlo's art and for me i like his colors i like the style it reminds me of a very european style now he is from italy Mm -hmm. i believe it is so that's obvious but I like, you know, I like that style, and I think the Phantom can work well in that, and I think it works well for the graphic novel as
2: well. So, I think um, the key part is a word you used before, which is consistent. And as long as the art style is consistent the whole way through, and I think I would have, I, I seem to recall saying this when we reviewed the first graphic novel. Um, within two or three pages, you're used to the art, and there you're just enjoying the story. Um, you know, people often judge. You know, they, basically, they, they judge a book by its cover germ. They look at the cover and go, oh, I don't like that picture, therefore the whole story's garbage. You know, within yeah. two or three pages, you know whether you like the art enough or yeah. not to be able to just read the story through it. Um, and I agree. I, I liked Jean Carlo's art in that sense.
0: Yeah. Now, it's, I, I, think, I think fans will enjoy it. Um, so looking forward to that. Uh, thank you, Glenn, for letting us know. About that, I um, appreciate you giving us that little bit of a tidbit so we can share it on the um, Phantom podcast. The next bit of Phantom news is about the seven-foot Phantom for your skull cave, which we um, which we wrote
2: an article about.
0: Now, a seven-foot Phantom is pretty impressive.
2: Um, well, you said he was only six-foot-four or five when you wanted him to go swimming through a dam, so <laughs> seven-foot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah it is a, it is a big
0: unit now um, so from what from what we understand the sculpture that designed the bus for fanfare back in September 2017 so that's close to four years ago mm. has built upon the initial design and has now brought us a beautiful impacting and striking seven foot statue. Now this is got a pretty penny um, what would you call it a pretty penny price probably, tag yeah. on it <laughs> It's not for everyone. Um, I'm just bringing up some photos of it here. Um, you know, it's not for everyone. This is quite large. Uh, do you think you'll, if let's just say you could uh, afford it, what like would your wife let you bring this into the house?
2: Um, it's five thousand dollars US, isn't it? Uh, around five six, so yeah, five thousand six hundred dollars US. Like, okay, so there's absolutely no way I can afford it. Like but I said, if you could afford, yeah, it. yeah, 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 because because then of course you got to get it posted. A seven foot phantom has got to get posted. I from, think I think the
0: price is inclusive of postage. So Right.
2: Okay. Well, that okay. Well, that makes it so money's that.
0: money's not an option, right? We already know <laughs> yeah, that you, you and right. I are with mortgages, with yep. kids, and it's you know unless we.
2: Unless we have a rich uncle that dies and leaves us yep. lots of money. And... Well, the money's not important to me, but it is important to my wife. So if it's not <laughs> important to her, if the money's not a factor, then I think I would be able to get it, yes. Because um, actually, you can just see in the corner of my screen here, I have a uh, a, a bit of a life-size devil sitting in the corner of the skull cave. Um, so it'd be good to have him sitting next to a, a seven-foot Um, A seven foot phantom I suppose And there's room, I'm lucky enough that there's room here That I could um, get him in here um, And I'd find a space For him, so yes If if the money was no object then yes Yeah Uh, I don't have the room in this
0: phantom room I'm up to my you know, elbows (laughs) and boxes and piles of comics and and stuff like that. But if I had the money to be able to afford that, I would probably have the money to be able to afford to put a (laughs) flat out the back (laughs) to be able to put all this in. And then, you know, maybe, um, you know, if it's in the granny flat out the back, the mother-in-law might not stay as long because she might not be in <laughs> with this seven-foot gi- gigantic thing staring down at her. Or she actually may like having a man look after
2: her and look over her. So, you know, who knows about that as well? So, Well, uh, the, the um, mother-in-law and the fandom is Aunt Lily and she would not like a seven-foot <laughs> statue in the corner of her granny flat. Yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, look, it, it's a great piece. Um,
0: if... Now on the article, we we haven't got the guy's uh, contact details. He doesn't have like a Facebook account or something. Uh, he's got a WhatsApp account number. If you do want to get if you do want to get in touch with him to talk about it, um, please contact us and we can pass that on to you on to you as well. All right. So the next bit of news is the uh, the Phantom, Twenty Twenty. Um, what do you call it? Uh, what is it? 2020 Phantom Man Best Cover has been announced. So in issue uh, Phantom Man 16-2021, 20, we learned that the winner of the Best Phantom Man cover went to Henrik Solström, uh, which is the re-image uh, cover from The Mysterious Passenger in issue five of 2020. So if you're on YouTube, you'll be able to see uh, the re-image one. So the one on the left, as you look at the screen, is the one from Henrik Selström. And the one on the right, which was originally in 1965, number four was the one from Rolf Goss. Um, And you might remember in 2020, there was about four or five covers that were re-imaged, redone by Henrik, Raphael Ruse, and also
2: Luca Roberto from memory as well. Mm. And it very much plays on that nostalgia element for, you know, for the 70th year. Um, yes. And I think a lot of people will have liked this because of fond memories of that original image, which um, um, was that the one that I think that might have been the one that Malin used as the front cover of their calendar yes. in, for 2019, perhaps.
0: Yeah. And then as the article says, so we're just going off the article, uh, both you and I put that in our top three. Yep. So obviously that just goes to prove that we do know what we're talking about. Um, and here was the second and the third one, and from memory they were both in my top three as well. So again, you know, I think I can just let the um, let that kind of uh, um, not have to comment further on that.
2: <laughs> um, they're, both, they're both striking covers. I don't recall which ones yeah. I voted for now, but um, the the one that won, yeah, certainly I remember been quite uh, taken with that one.
0: Now the other good point is that Mikel makes mention, which we do want to uh, highlight is that the great trend is the amount of votes from the 254 votes in 2019 to this year's 421 votes. That's a what, a two-thirds two-thirds, so let's so, say what a 70, 60, 70% increase from mm. the previous year, which is which is a very good amount.
2: Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Great to see more people getting involved and uh, and voting. Um, you didn't win a, a, a bag this year with your vote, Jim? Uh, um,
0: well, they don't actually announce the winners in a sense. They just kind of um, – you just kind of get them in the mail.
2: Right, okay.
0: Um, I remember one year – actually, it's happened twice. I'm just like, huh. Well, I've got a parcel in the mail, and I'm looking at it and going,
2: what is this? <laughs> and then I'm opening <laughs> I'm sure it, and I'm going – Must have been another late night Phantom purchase. Yeah, I'm thinking, I
0: don't remember buying this, but did I buy it? Did I not buy it? There's not even a note saying, congratulations, you've won. It is just literally (laughs) just that. And I'm just like, and one of them I did not know until like about two, three years later when I won something else. And I'm like, oh, that was the price. Oh, that's Uh, what (laughs) that
3: must have been.
0: (laughs) And it's, and so it, I've won two so far. Um, I've got them somewhere, but I can't see the yeah. somewhere. I think one's floating around. That was the, like the um, the library bags. Yep. Um, and yeah, it's, I've won two. So they send them out to international users, uh, international fans as well. So yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. All right. So the next one we want to discuss, which um, is the, um the classic Phantom figurine announced by NECA. Now, this is rather interesting in my opinion. Uh, There's a brilliant video on there. If you go onto our website, if you're on either listening to it on the audio or on YouTube, there will be a link to this article, which has got the YouTube video. Uh, Randy Fork talks about the Phantom and Flash and Mandrake and everything else from about the the part of five minutes and a half to thirteen and a half minutes so there's a good you know eight minutes where he's talking about defense of the earth and the phantom um, now they've now got the license to produce a, uh what's uh, a same size so that's a, a seven inch seven inch. scale phantom figurine which is which is great news in a sense that we've now got defense of the earth in seven inch now we got the phantom in seven inch and then we're going to get the boss hero fights in four inch, or is it four inch?
2: I thought that was six,
0: six, six inch. Um, so it's you know it's great it's great that we're getting all this because we've never you know for the previous eighty odd year, ninety odd years, we've never had a figurine, and now we're getting yep. heaps. But yep. what I want to discuss is it's interesting that they have that both American companies have the license to produce. A classic phantom
2: figurine that in my opinion is rather an interesting development um no I, I hadn't put too much thought into that to be honest other than to think well that's great um you know the uh the, there are lots of different companies that produce spider-man and and superman figures and that sort of thing so um the, the, having it having more people produce it means there's more of them out there so uh yeah i didn't think about it too much i just enjoyed the idea <laughs> yeah, look, the idea is brilliant because a lot of a lot
0: of fans were saying, "Oh, I want striped undies. I want real garden." Yeah, design. and, you, and you,
2: you do see them pop up from time to time. People custom painting their own and yeah. um, modding the the defenders of the earth fandom to um, yeah. to suit what they want. They really wanted from their toy, and it's interesting that um, that Neca appear to have listened to the fans and gone, "Actually, we think this would be popular too, and let's bring it out." Um, yeah. And looking at the range of uh, accessories that were Sort of touted to go with it as well. Um, sounds sounds really promising um, too. So yeah, looking forward to okay.
0: it. I do.
2: I don't do like, the, I like the the Ghost Rider skull head. Whether I like the
0: skull. But I don't like the fact that it can go on the phantom's head. That's yeah.
2: Hilarious. The flat, the flat hand to be the ability to set up and impose the the taking of the oath. Yeah. I think that's fantastic. I, I agree. I'm not um probably ever. Well, I probably will once put the skull on just to see what it looks like. I can't imagine. Um, yeah, can't imagine that that's going to stay there.
0: Yeah, the fact that and we'll show images and stuff as if you're on YouTube. The fact that he's got it in the hand is such yeah. because in my opinion, the, the oath is one of yeah. the strongest most important elements of yeah. of the phantom so and
2: that skull is going to be a, a, a one right here actually i don't know why he's so accessible but the uh the skull is going to be so much better accessory than this little zuffy whatever he is he he doesn't he shouldn't be on the shelf um, but i'll tell you what like throw, him, throw, him, throw him. go on, let's put it on video <laughs> um, i'm still a collector i don't want to damage him <laughs> But I must say, I've been really impressed with the, the NECA figure. And I know that there's all sorts of concerns about posability and that sort of thing. But this guy, after a bit of work, it was a bit of work to get him out of the box and have his bath and, and play with him and to manipulate him and that sort of thing. That was probably an hour and a half, I'd say, and a lot of um, sinkfuls of hot water. But now I'm actually quite happy with the posability and how that's lasted. Um, it literally is this one joint on the, uh, on the left toe, that I just can't get to move, but pretty well every other joint. And I've and he's it, a fun toy to play with. Every time I go down the skull cave, I walk away and he's punching in a, with a different hand, or he's um, you know in a different pose because I I just come down and it's something to to play with. And I want Necker to bring out a skull throne because that's the one from the nineteen ninety six, and it's and it's not too bad, but he's too big. So I want Necker to come up with a skull throne as well, not not just the skull in the hand. Yeah.
0: Now it should, it should. We should mention that they have announced that Wave Two, which features Mandrake and Lofa, has been an, has been announced that they will release, and they've they've specifically said the resounding success of the Defenders of the Earth line of Wave One is the reason that we have Wave Two, the extra flash ones that they're doing, as yeah. well as the classic Phantom as well. Yeah. Which I think is brilliant. Like every fan and fan that has gone out and brought one, two, three, four, and I know fan and fans out there have brought that many. You know the, you've you've asked for it. They've given you the options, and you've gone out and brought it. And in, in my opinion, that that you know all, all your fan and fans out there should be given thumbs up because you walked the talk. You yeah. went out and brought the
2: figurine. And um,
0: yep. as long as we keep buying those figurines. If that's... the market's
2: there, someone's going to uh, tap into it because, um, exactly. yeah, that's what it's all about. Yeah.
0: So well done, fan fans, for um, for buying them. Well done for NECA for releasing it. And now they released a couple of, they announced about three or four flash lines. So it'll be interesting whether they go ahead with with that on the Phantom. Or whether they just do a classic Phantom fan and then that's it. So or, you know, whether they do accessories like Skull Cave, or whether they go ahead
2: with Defense of the Earth, yes. Skull Copter, and stuff like that. So I don't know if they even um make those sorts of toys. I haven't looked enough into NECA. Do they do they do skull thrones and um and vehicles and whatnot for other characters? I, I don't know. know. I don't yes. know. Anyway, oh, I, think, I think, Boss, think, yeah, look. Boss Fight and their horse, I think, is going to be a really, I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, it is. Um, no news as of yet with Boss Fight. From memory,
0: it was going to be the start or the middle of spring, is kind of where I get the feeling that they might be released. So that's our time. So that's autumn for them. So I yeah. reckon I reckon it may be about A month, maybe two months We might start seeing uh, boss fights uh, But that's just An educated guess Alright, so moving on to uh, We'll be amiss if we didn't Mention and uh, reflect on Clayson uh Passing um, A huge shock as You know, I remember I remember I was just about to go to bed And I got a text message from about from three fan, uh, Swedish fan fans at the same time, like, you know, like close from me to pass away and I'm like, what, what? And, you know, it was about 10, 11 o'clock. I stayed up for another hour just like in disbelief, like, "Like, oh my gosh, what's going on and, and stuff like that. So, um, uh, you know, I want to make mention that, um, you know, uh, rest in peace. Uh, our thoughts and our um, prayers are uh, with his family, uh, the ones that he left behind, his extended family, his immediate family, and also all his friends as well. Uh, we, as uh, a collective of uh, Chronicle Chamber, we have done up a article. Um, we've also done a podcast as well. Um, I believe Regal uh, has got something in the pipeline, and I know through. Uh, are looking at doing something as well. And I believe uh, Egmont is as well with uh, of the next issues of The Phantom. Uh, ironically, uh, the next story that's coming, that is due to come out for Fru is actually a Clayser-Ramifi story. So I expect there to be maybe a um, in the next issue or two because I believe it's a three-part story. Um, so I believe that uh, Dudley and the team of Fru will do uh, a nice little touching um, tribute as well, and I expect there to be um, all the other country, all the other uh, comics like Mythos, Regal, and uh, Phantom Men as well. So, um, yeah, make sure you listen to our podcast, read our, uh, read the, you know, the a, a nice detailed uh, tribute to him as well that was written by you, Dan. Um, so yeah, so make sure you have a listen to that. Uh, make sure you post. Uh, your thoughts and uh, your prayers and stuff like that as
2: well. Yeah, absolutely. Really enjoyed doing the the clays podcast with uh, and having Mikkel Lick join us with his uh, with his memories. So, if you haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, certainly go back to um, our our most recent issue, which we uh, podcast, which we we went you know did a deep dive on deep dive on Klaus, and it was really good to do so. Exactly exactly
0: all right so next bit of news is the herms dc collection series uh volume one that's a tongue that's a mouthful um so herms is releasing a uh the dc collection uh, which is the four-part mini series and the 13-part regular series so that's 17 issues altogether, and it's going to be separated in three volumes. So volume one will be out soon. Um, it's available for pre-order on their website. I think they had a special last time I checked at $42 US, so that's about $80, $90 Australian. Yeah, um, about, about the typical for them. Yeah. Now, um, on the article on our website, there is a video, a uh, little pro. Uh, preview from uh, Dan Herman uh, so the colours look amazing I th- the colours look better than the original comics um, they've obviously enhanced them but they look amazing um, so that's what I'm looking forward to but I'm also looking forward to the fact that he's actually done some uh, interviews like I believe there's one with Peter David who's done the st- another story with uh, Herms and Dan made a point to mention in his video i'm not sure if you've if you've watched it uh dan but he made a point to talk about Lee fork's comments of the of the story that uh
2: peter david uh wrote as well so Mm. i'm looking forward to that interview yeah, absolutely. It, you know, goes without saying, I suppose, being involved in Chronicle Chamber that we love um, nothing more than getting the chance to hear from creators, and um, so certainly that'll be a fascinating read. And um, the the team at Hermes Press do a fantastic job in terms of acknowledging the creators of of stories and um, and and getting insight into them. The the interview that they had with Cy Barry. Um, across a couple of issues for the the dailies or the Sundays, I forget which it was, that um, that he was in that. You know, they do a great job, um, yeah. and uh, it is it's a pricey book. Of course, it is. Um, people can make up their own minds whether you know it's within their price point, the five thousand dollar. A $5,600 seven foot phantom is not in mind, but the book will be, you know, everybody's got their, got, got their place um, and maybe this isn't for you, but um, I certainly can't wait to read it because like a few fans have commented on the social media posts that um, they may have some of the originals, but not all, or maybe they don't have any. Um, and this will be just a great way to make sure you've got the whole series. Um, and I certainly haven't got the the whole set of the DC period phantom. Um, so looking forward to, to getting those all together And being able to sit and enjoy them on a rainy day Yeah, and we've got interviews with uh, The artist and writer
0: uh, Luke McDonald and Mark uh, The Hen oh, I can't remember how to say his name sorry, Mark, yeah. But yeah um, Which was the 13 part uh, Regular series We've got those video podcasts uh, On the article as well Which will be linked in the show notes as well So Um. I reckon it's a great deal. I reckon you'll enjoy it. Uh, it's probably the 13 parts, well, both of the stories, the 13 part and the 4 part of the one story are some of the best Phantom stories ever written. Um, and I think if you haven't read them yet, grab these volumes because you will not be disappointed. Cool. Looking forward to it. Alrighty-o. So now we've got some uh, interesting news which uh, came out last night as prior to recording. So uh, heads up, we're still learning a little bit about the finer details and stuff like that. Uh, but what we understand is uh, sh- uh shark shark so that's spelled
2: S-H-A-K-T-I, comics. <laughs> um, has announced Sorry, my- that my wife's got a shakti mat, which is spelt like that. And it's a, a mat with, like, it's an acupuncture mat. It's got all of these points that come out of it and you lay down and it's supposed to pull them She, she swears by it for a sore back at times. But, uh, yeah, I didn't realise they'd got into comics. <laughs> well, maybe it's if you're stressed
0: and you're a sore back, you read a comic <laughs> and it will just relax you. Yeah, perhaps. Um,
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, so how do you say it? Uh, Shakti. Oh, I did Australian. That's how you say Shakti. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: shakti comics has a new license to produce now we uh from what we understand uh so they've got a license to produce uh phantom mandrake and flash now we've we've seen posts and comments where he says that he he was a huge indrageral phantom uh comic fan and so he's kind of visionating as the return of the indrageral comics that's sort of how the impression I got now he'll be producing we can confirm that he's producing them in Bengali and Hindu which are two of the three most popular Indian languages but he's also given a hint that it might be in English which is interesting because regal publishers which uh, you know which we've been reviewing the comics and stuff like that have the license for English comics for India so it it's Interesting, and we're still trying to uh, figure out the finer details. Um, Ankit, who's our Indian correspondent, has been in communication with both Shakti and Regal to ask the questions and to try and get a little bit of concrete information before he writes in an article for us. Uh, so we don't have all the details yet, but we wanted to quickly put it up here and let you know that uh, we're all over it. And on one hand, we're excited that there's, Lots of new comics, but on the other hand, we're quite interested to see how this plays out to see if we're gonna have another moonstone and another dynamite situation. So Mm -hmm. um but let's focus on the positive and the fact that we've now we've got English comics, then we've got now we've got
2: Bengali and Hindu phantom comics, the phantom is alive in India. Mm. Do you think um that the the Shakti comics or however you say it, um Are they looking to do reprints or brand new stories? Because Regal obviously are doing reprints of um, previously published newspaper stories. Maybe that's maybe that's what how you can have two different licenses. Mm.
1: Maybe you
0: can have the reprints and then the new ones. We saw that with Herms and Dynamite. You know, Herms were producing classic stories, and then Dynamite were producing new stories. Maybe that's how. You can have two licenses in the one country. Yeah, that's what
2: I was thinking. Yeah, Who knows? Um,
0: yeah, it'll be interesting. New, new, new fandom stories created in India. Uh, they wouldn't be the first ones. Uh, we've seen a couple of one pages and two pages, and some novelized books created in India.
2: I just assumed that the Indigo books were largely. Indian creations? Was I wrong? Uh, they were all
0: mainly Sy Barry with a couple of Wilson McCoy, Ray Moore, oh, and right. um, uh, Team Phantom Men stories.
2: No, they and, and, and Team Phantom Men stories as well. There was about one or two. Okay, right. So I've, I've literally never held a, an Indigo book in real life. I don't think. But <laughs> majority of them, yeah,
0: majority, probably about I would say about ninety percent of Barry stories. And yes. that's one of the reasons why Saibari has such a huge cult following in India. In- yes. Because that's what, you know, majority of the of the of the readers grew
2: up on was colored Saibari Phantom Stories. He's the he's the Sachin of the uh, Phantom World. So Yes, <laughs> yeah. he would be.
0: So it's it's exciting news. It's good to see that, you know, there's new fandom out there, new phantom comics, you know, there's gonna be probably another couple of million Phantom readers, mm. um, or a potential, another couple of million. So, you know, we, we want we want the founder to be popular. We want more readers, which then gives us the opportunity for more merch, possibility of a TV show or a movie. Mm. This is how we do it. India mm. has a huge following. Let's get some comics out
2: in India. Yep, hear, hear. All righty-o. Something about, along those lines as well uh great news about india with the multiple languages hopefully they find an audience so um yeah i think we'd, we'd all like to see them succeed if the you know if, if any of these licensing arrangements that you've got concerns about um as long as that is all lined out and they don't end up um causing what happened at moonstone and dynamite which was ultimately someone who's producing quite good books had to stop and then um dynamite dynamite petered out anyway um
0: which, which was, yeah,
2: which... dynamite blew up and became
0: crap, nothing, yeah. Exactly. Um, <laughs> <that's
3: right>.
0: yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, hopefully, hopefully, we get something good because, um, yeah, um, it'll be good to see the new generation in India, uh, picking mm. up the phantom. All right, talking about, um, talking about uh, regional list, uh, fans. Um, Australian fans, uh, over in July, there was a cancellation or a postponement for the Perth supernova after the Sydney supernova, uh, supernova in the late June, I believe it was, there has Mm. been a release of the new supernova dates, uh, for Perth, Adelaide, and also Brisbane. Uh, so Perth is the second and third of October, which is school holidays, Uh, Adelaide is the 30th and the 31st of October and then the week after that is Brisbane which is the 6th to the 7th of November. Now, uh, the Perth ones are in school holidays. I don't believe yours are in school holidays?
2: No, not usually. Um, No, November, that's about four weeks to go for us, five weeks to go. Um, About halfway through term four.
0: Yeah, so for you know, probably for a lot of Fans in Perth, Adelaide and Brisbane This will probably be the first time You've been to a comic convention Probably for close to two years
2: oh, And look, to be honest If it happens, this has got to have a big asterisks On it still um, It's nice that they're planning it And have got, um, you know be Moving the wheels in motion But um, we're recording this tonight On halfway through Brisbane's So-called three-day lockdown I say so-called because I expect that it will go longer um, in the way that Sydney and, and Melbourne have over recent times. Um, so, yeah, absolutely plan it. I'm probably not going to start buying tickets just yet, though. Um, yeah. it is, it's is—it's currently um, the, the beginning of August, um, and that's, what, three, four months away yet? But, um, yeah, fingers crossed. I hope it goes ahead. Yeah, yeah, because a lot of fans that went to
0: Sydney Supernova, yeah, it was smaller, or it was less less, you know, there was no international fans, there was less normal, there was no free booth and, you know, and stuff like that. But, you know, for a lot of, you know, and there's a lot of people out there that are not just Phantom fans but a lot of comic fans and uh, pop culture fans and stuff like that. I look forward to this stuff and, you know, hopefully for their sake, they can put on a uh, event that will be safe um, and enjoyable for fans in those countries. Now, I don't I believe also the Melbourne Comic Con, which was due, which was due to be first week of July, uh, has also been postponed, but I haven't seen uh, the new dates for those as well. So when we get them, we'll share them because we know there's a lot of fans in Melbourne as well. Um, so that's everything from our news and from our comics. Um, so thank you, listeners, for listening to us. I hope you enjoy that. I hope you... Um, uh, you have some opinions that you want to share with us. And so if you do, please share them with us. Uh, our website is Uh, We're on all the social medias. Uh, our email is chroniclechamber at gmail.com. So again, you can uh, send us that as well. Now we're on uh, iTunes, Spotify, and the various apps like Podbean, Player FM, CastBox, Listen Notes, And of course, you can watch us. And look at our beautiful... Beautiful faces on YouTube. You know, I, I shaved tonight. I got a haircut yesterday just for you listeners. So I hope you enjoy that. Um, and as we uh, are, Dan's, Dan's choking you Well, I'm me. thinking, oh, geez, I didn't shave. And if anything, I put a hat
2: on to hide the stubble and the glare off the, uh, off the old scone. So. <laughs>
0: That, that um, was
2: my that was my reaching out. <laughs>
0: yeah, right. uh, I appreciate the effort. So just before we um, uh, we sign out, we got a lot of positive feedback on Jim Laix's um, uh, song that he wrote. So for the foreseeable future, for the you know for the next couple of comics and news, we might sign off with that song until we uh, until fans. Um, have had enough of that. If there's any other musicians out there that want to send us a little Phantom-inspired song, please
2: send them through to us. And uh... did we ever use Jason Paul- Paulus's? No, we haven't. We might do that one for the next one. I reckon maybe we, that's that's in the P3 at the moment. Um, yeah. So if you uh, haven't heard it yet, you can uh, and, and you're a Patreon, then you can jump into the P3 and and find that uh, that song that a Phantom creator actually recorded. Um, and yeah, maybe we use that one next time. Um, yeah, and yeah. If there's
0: any other musicians out there, feel free to create a phantom song, and uh, we'll stick it at the end of our comics and news podcasts as well. So, Dan, thank you for joining us tonight, mate. Um, hopefully, uh, it's not too late for you. Hopefully, you had some fun. And uh, thank you, from myself to the listeners, to Dan. Thank you. Two thousand seven
3: was a rocky year. When little brother died It kept a grip Dutifully I hid from everything In sight Journey west Journey east Never found Shangri-La An empty face An empty place Didn't care for nothing Much at all Goes to walls Left off the page me away. Tales of the 21st For those who came in late It's not a dog, it's a mountain wolf That's what Mr. Walker said 500 years A phantom dwells Everybody said he was dead A cave the jungle domain in the city around the sea The phantom, the stratus stallion is there for those who want to believe Ghosts who all slept off the page carried me away Tales of the 21st for those who came in late your cooker keep it cool it's written on a chronicle page sudden change something new for those who came in late goes to all leapt off the page carried me away tales of the 21st for those who came in late